This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Farah Siddiqui uh, here with Joe Volpe. He's laughing because he messed up the intro that I just did previously. Um, but it's all good, Joe. How you doing, bro? Doing pretty good. It's uh, Joe Mixon Wednesday. so <laughs> uh, we're, on Zoom. we're recording on Zoom right now and his background is full Joe Mixon as we yes. speak. So, and we're orange. Um, I didn't even plan that. Wow. It's Joe, it must be Joe Mixon Day. I told you it was. But for you, it's, every day is Joe Mixon Day. It's either Joe yeah, Mixon Day or Tom Brady Day, one or the other. Um, so, guys, today we wanted to talk about quarterbacks. And we are in February, yep. but we want to kind of, you know, as part of our process, you know, we, we're evaluating all of the players. And we got to kind of, like, put them side by side to each other and see, you know, next to each other and see, like, who we like more. So we're going to go over our way too early quarterback rankings uh, as of February. Obviously, this will change as the months go on, as free agents sign, uh, as trades happen, as uh, as the fantasy football, as, as the NFL draft progresses, um, training camp, all that. Um, and, and these these names are going to be moving up and up, up and down. But for the most part, you know, it's not going to deviate too much. Um yeah, I mean, like, this is also a funny thing to look at, like, okay, let's say it's August, and we're doing our final rankings for the offseason, and then it's like, oh, you know, let's take a peek on February and see how off our rankings were from that point, and um, also, like, as you said, it's February, so our explanations for this probably aren't going to be pretty lengthy, because, like you mentioned, free agency coming in the next couple of weeks, this could all very, very much change, teams are very, very much going to change, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, I I do think you know there is a a lot of draft strategy and a lot of um, I guess uh, there's 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 two extremes to this thinking of whether to draft the quarterback early, whether to draft the quarterback later, somewhere in the middle. Um, and I think it's important to reiterate this every year about quarterbacks um, in a single quarterback league. It, for like to me, it doesn't make too much sense to draft the quarterback early. Um, I, I think when you have a guy like Mahomes on your team, you know, it lets you relax. Like, okay, I don't have to scream. You know what I mean? Like my fantasy team is a lot easier to manage. Uh, it makes you feel better inside during the season. Um, like regardless of whether it's Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the reason why, you know, they, they aren't providing as much positional advantage, right? And we talked about this a lot last offseason, and I want to kind of bring that back up this offseason. Um, you know, the variance from season to season, that's not really being taken into account either. Like if a quarterback killed it last year, of course, he's going to kill it this year again. Right. Um, but when you really look at it, right, how much is the difference on average between Patrick Mahomes? Like last year, he averaged, you know, I think it was 25 fantasy points per game, right. In, in, in four point passing touchdown leagues, um, someone you're drafting in the 10th round, let's say Matt Stafford, Right. Like he's later in our rankings, maybe like quarterback 11, 12, something like that. Quarterback 10. Um, and let's say he averages 19 fantasy po- fantasy points per game. That's, you know, he has the potential for more in that Rams offense, but let's say 19, right? That's only six points per week on average. And we're talking first couple rounds, second, third round for Patrick Mahomes. And we're talking probably 10th round for Matt Stafford. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Matt Stafford is forever in the 10th round, like no matter what. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So, so what's the difference? We look at the other position. What's the difference between a wide receiver or a running back in that same round? You would have drafted Mahomes and a wide receiver or running back in the 10th round. Like 10 to 15 fantasy points or, or more? Yeah, and, and I think there's always that every year. Who's the next Alvin Kamara? Who's the next Justin Herbert we're going to hear next year? 
you bet we're going to hear that next year. Who's the next Justin Herbert? Who's the next Patrick Mahomes? Who's the next Lamar Jackson? Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean there always has to be one of those guys, but that's where the value really kicks in. So Patrick Mahomes, the year he scored 50 touchdowns, he wasn't being drafted in the top three rounds. He was being drafted later. Lamar Jackson, when he went off, he wasn't being drafted in the top three rounds. He was being drafted a lot later. So, and Josh Allen, even from last year, same story. So it really just... I mean, like, if you drafted Patrick Mahomes um, in the third round last year, he wasn't the reason you won your league if you did. Uh, Travis Kelsey and positional advantage at tight end because the tight end, as Travis Kelsey scored, like, what, 20-plus points a week? The tight end five probably scored, like, maybe 10 a week. And exactly. that, that's huge, absolutely huge. I know we're talking about six points, but this is, you know, like, this is insane. And when you draft a quarterback late, you're not worried about, oh, like, will he get the snaps? Right? Yeah, and running back exactly. And, and running back and wide receiver, you're like, oh, is he going to get the opportunity? I don't know. Will he get the targets? I don't know. But, you know, the opportunity is built into the position. They are yeah. the starter. You know, unless they get hurt, you know, they are touching the ball on every single play. Not only that, but you have the ability, like you said, to pick up breakout quarterbacks on waivers after week one or week two, yeah. in, in, you know, in one quarterback leagues, right? It happens every year. Um there's no position scarcity at the quarterback position in one quarterback leagues, you know? So if you're in a one quarterback league, meaning you start one quarterback every, every week without, without the super options, without an option to start a second one, like in a super flex or a two quarterback league, having a stud wide receiver or running back or tight end is way more important than having a stud quarterback. It makes you feel better about yourself every single week because you're like, you don't have to do as much work. Because streaming quarterbacks is another thing you have to do, right? And especially if you're in a lot of leagues, that can get tiring. I get it. Um, but And it's nice having that consistent quarterback. But, like, when a quarterback has 15 points in a week instead of 20, that's not really what's winning or losing your matchup. It's that stud wide receiver or running back uh, on your team or your opponent's team that's getting you that W or getting you that L. Now, am I going to grab a quarterback in the middle rounds? Maybe I would if one of these guys in like the top six or seven fall to like the sixth or seventh round, right? It depends. Yeah. Like, but am I drafting like CD Lamb or am I drafting Aaron Rodgers? I'm drafting CD Lamb. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I can get like wide receiver one upside, um, because the positional advantage there is just, it's just a lot prettier. Yeah, usually what I do is like, I mean, obviously it's gonna vary like league to league based on you know knowing your league mates and stuff like that scoring settings but typically i don't look for a quarterback until i've gotten like at least three running backs uh maybe two really solid wide receivers maybe a third one and at that point i'm looking at okay there's not really any wide receivers like not really any running backs i like let me look at the tight end position then at that point if i don't like any of the tight ends available if i want a you know better value later then i'll be like okay are any quarterbacks worth taking at this point you know, there's got to be a lot of boxes to check for me. To, whoa, we see that? There's got to be a lot of boxes for me to check to take a quarterback before like the seventh or eighth round. Right. And okay, so now in a two, in a, I can't even talk. In a two quarterback <laughs> league, not only is there positional advantage, but there's yep. also position scarcity, yep. right? So I would definitely remember there's only 32 quarterbacks that start any given week, and then you have bye weeks, right? So. I would definitely treat that differently, right? And I hope you guys understand that. And taking quarterbacks early in a two-quarterback league is somewhat recommended. Yep. You know, maybe one stud and one mid-round guy, you know, and one late-round guy. You know, that's usually my strategy. That's usually my thing is, like, um, if we were talking about, like, Patrick Holmes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, like those top-tier-ish guys, I'll try to get one of those and then I'll try to back him up with like a late round solid type guy who like Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan or something like that. If we're looking at this year, for example, but um, yeah, I also want to talk about the difference between super flex and two QB. So um, a lot of people kind of just put it off as the same thing, but obviously in a super flex, you have the ability to not play two quarterbacks. You have a flex spot that's open to quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So you don't necessarily have to put a quarterback in that spot. So there's a lot less pressure to get that second quarterback. You can roll with someone else in that position. So last year, I'll talk about a strategy I did. We have the uh, IG Experts League. Um, I used that same strategy. I got Russell Wilson. I got him fair, like fifth, sixth round, something like that, or fourth, fifth. I don't even remember exactly what it was. 
And uh, I backed him up with Justin Herbert. Now, Herbert at the time wasn't being drafted or was being drafted really, really late, only in two QB leagues because he wasn't expected to start. So, I mean, it ended up working out because Herbert got the start, but I wasn't like I wasn't riding on week one of the fact that Justin Herbert being in that lineup. So, uh, you know, and that that definitely worked out for you. (laughs) Oh, well, you would think you would think, but then, you know, thanks Brian Schottenheimer and thanks to the rest of my lineup for getting injured, but whatever. Oh, I guess, uh, at least the Justin Herbert part of it. Yeah. Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, my super flex each week was fantastic, but right. Yeah. So, you know, you you obviously, okay. So, if you don't get that stud, right? Two quarterbacks, if you're in a two quarterback league, two quarterbacks can be taken in the fourth and fifth. It's doable, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on your league. But it takes um, away so much from your lineup. It takes away a lot, right? You obviously like the talent and running back and wide receiver that falls to you when quarterbacks are taken so early, but it's important to get that quarterback one. Like you don't want your quarterbacks combining for like 30, 30 points a week, like any given week, right? Yeah. You, you're going to lose. Like you're going to be at a major disadvantage. So you know, if someone has like a Mahomes and like a Stafford, I'm going to keep bringing him up, but there will be, you know, 50 plus 60 point weeks out, out of those two sometimes. Yeah. And we're talking, you know, four point passing touchdown scoring here only, and that could win a week right there. Right. So, all right. So let's get into it, man. Um, why don't we go through each of our top 15 first? Um, because they I are like just a lot. Why don't we go five at a time? Because if we're just going to name out our top 15, it might be too much to you know well what i was going to do was uh-huh. i was going to go over the just just go over our top 15 yeah and then what i was going to do was as we go through it i was going to kind of say like okay here, this is what you have here okay, this is I what you. i have there you know what i mean um and then and then we can kind of go from there so why don't you go first just go through your top 15 um and you know there might be things that stand out but we'll kind of go through it okay so uh number one patrick mahomes and you know, okay, I, I won't get it. Let me just list it. and then we'll Yeah, just list it. Just so, list it. Uh, one, I have Patrick Mahomes. Two, I have Aaron Rodgers. And three, I have Josh Allen. I know you got a question about that. Sure, I do. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. Not yet. Not yet. Let's oh, go oh we're it. still listing. Okay, yep. I don't know why this is confusing me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, I, I got... I was no, going to say, I know, I know it's awkward to like just list out the players without any explanation. <laughs> just go for it, man. Just get, You got this. <laughs> I feel, as a fantasy football guy, I feel like I need to explain myself. I can't just... I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Uh, number four, Kyler Murray. Number five, Russell Wilson. Uh, six, Dak Prescott. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Eight, Justin Herbert. Nine, Deshaun Watson. And I'll just a little bit more because the situation is a little unknown. 10, Tom Brady. 11, I got Jalen Hurts. Uh, 12, Matthew Stafford. 13, Joe Burrow. 14, Ryan Tannehill. And top it off with number 15, Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. So me and you have the same 13 through 15. So that's very exciting. Awesome. Um, So for me, number one, Patrick Mahomes. And then I got Josh Josh Allen at number two. (laughs) Kyler Murray at number three. Lamar Jackson at number four. Aaron Rodgers at number five. Number six, Russell Wilson. Number seven, Dak Prescott. Number eight, Deshaun Watson. Justin Herbert at nine. Matthew Stafford at 10. 11, Jalen Hurts. 12, Tom Brady. 13, Joe Burrow. Ryan Tannehill. And Matt Ryan at 14 and 15. Very interesting. Okay. So now we both have Patrick Mahomes at number one, right? Not much to say here, right? Uh, He's the best quarterback in the league, right? He averaged the most fantasy points a game last season. Um, out of all the quarterbacks who played, you know, almost the full season, if you counted everybody, like, you know, Dak Prescott was like killing it right before he got hurt in the, in the first four and a half games. Um, but, you know, he's going to have Tyreek. He's going to have Kelsey. He's going to have Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy still there. Uh, and that's really all that matters, right? I don't care if he loses Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson in free agency. Uh, and, and one bonus, he might be getting Damian Williams back. And, and he was some, somebody who was uh, pretty good in the passing game too. Anything else to add about Patrick? No. no, I mean, everybody's pretty caught up on Patrick. As long as he's so. got his left tackle there. Ooh. Tom Brady, Joe. Did you hear what Devin White said about their protections, by the way? That, that crap. Apparently, no, he apparently said that they were leaving their tackles out on an island and they didn't really uh, adjust for the fact that, you know, they had a disadvantage there, hmm. which was interesting. Um, okay, number two. Now, listen, I initially had Dak Prescott at number two. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, you changed it. 
Yeah, I did change it um, because I was going through this today and looking more into his injury. Um, there are potential concerns with his mobility, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of his game is, is the fact that he's mobile, right? Not only his production in the run game uh, and the touchdown upside he presents there, but also mobility around the pocket and extending plays. And that's a big part of his game. So, you know, spoiler alert, I moved him all the way down to seven. Well, I said that already, but because because of the unknown there, that's kind of why I have him, you know, c- kind of moving down a little yeah. bit now. And you have Aaron Rodgers at two. Yeah. Uh, I have Josh Allen at number two. Uh, instead of Dak Prescott and uh, you have Josh Allen next at three right and we're kind of like you know I think we're like you know really you know you know if I could easily put Josh Allen at two and not like give it a second (laughs) the difference is not huge for me um I I guess for me when it comes to Rodgers it's like he's proven he's adjusted to that Matt LaFleur offense as we all saw as long as Devontae Adams isn't going anywhere as long as Aaron Rodgers himself isn't going anywhere uh, I I just think you know, he, he's still playing at a very, very high level and he still really, really wants to get to the Super Bowl. So I feel like he's still more motivated than ever. Um, he ended up getting through the whole year last year. So he's going to go into the next year healthy. And as I said, he's got Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Jones, maybe departing, but you know, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Aaron, uh, AJ Dillon and, and Jamal Williams, I think will be fine in that retrospect. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Aaron... Aaron Rodgers has no reason to slow down. My concern with Josh Allen, and it's not a big one, is that we had one year, right? We had, what, like three, two or three years of Josh Allen just being inaccurate and just everybody shitting on him for like two or three years. And then last year, he has that big year, thanks in part to Stefan Diggs. What happens if Stefan Diggs gets hurt for four or five games? What happens if Stefan Diggs tears his ACL? Are we going back to inaccurate Josh Allen outside the top 10? Or, I mean, he, at that point, he was still inside the top 10 because of his rushing. But, um, you know, it's, it's not a huge concern, but it's just like, I want to see Josh Allen do it again. I want to see him show that, okay, last year was not just a flash in the pan. Last year was not just, okay, I have Stefan Diggs, so let's go crazy that nobody's going to expect it. Let's, you know, um, and I don't think that's going to be the case. And look, I have him at three, so I'm not saying he's going to be crap by any means. But um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, even last year, we kind of saw the breakout coming. And he was still being drafted in like the ninth and 10th round. And even at that point, like if you did mocks and you drafted Josh Allen, you're like, like Josh Allen, like there's probably other guys I would have taken at that point. So um, there is going to be that shred of doubt in my mind of like, is that real? Was that real? If Stefan Diggs goes down, can he still do it? But um, not enough to move, move him out of my top three. Right, right. And, and you know, we're really splitting hairs at this point. Exactly. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, like, his big year came out of nowhere, right? Like, he took a huge leap, right? 25 and 26 touchdowns over the last two seasons. Um, and then he jumped up to a career-high 48 touchdowns this year. Yep. Career-high completion percentage, uh, more than 70%, 37 years old. So he, he absolutely killed it, right? Um, and he doesn't really have the weapons, right? I mean, obviously he has Devonta Adams, right? That helps a lot. Uh, Robert Tunyon came in onto the scene, so that helped a ton. The efficiency thrown to Tunyon was amazing, right? Um, and then Rodgers was able to, like, kind of distribute the rest of it without much of a supporting cast. Now, like, uh, so if you look at how many top 10 weeks he had, he had 13 top 10 weeks. Yeah. Like, that was the most in the league by a couple of weeks, right? So that's pretty good. Um so, yeah. So, Alan Lazard, you know, he wasn't really healthy this year. He actually might be healthier next year. That could potentially help Rodgers continue to get it done. Um, but, like, it does look like he found his groove in this offense. Um, there's no reason to think he can't get it done again. But I'm not expecting this type of season where he's thrown 40 touchdowns, honestly. Like, his touchdown rate over his last two seasons was 5%. It was under 5%. And this season, it was at 9.1%, the highest in his, his career. Um his last 40 touchdown season that he had five years ago, he was at 6.6%. So I do expect a regression. Um, I do expect him, you know, to kind of like bring it down just a little bit. Um, well, we learned a is, lesson from the Aaron Jones regression game last year. Yeah, but just because they're teammates doesn't mean they don't uh, fall into the regression category, right? Like Aaron Jones did regress. I mean, Aaron, uh, how many touchdowns did Aaron Jones score last year? He made up for it in other departments, but yeah, I know he, he exactly. didn't have the same amount of. Rest. I think he had 18 touchdowns last year, or yep. something like that. So like, he did regret, he, we, we got, he, when we say last year, we have to specify 2019 and 2020 now because yeah, it's 2020 remember Aaron Jones was the number two running back last year. Yep. This year, 
listen, Aaron Jones was a little inconsistent here and there as well. So like people who had Aaron Jones, like you liked the fact that he was on your team, but you know, sometimes he didn't come through, which is fine. That That's fantasy football. It happens. You don't players, the studs don't come through every single week, but it happens. Um, okay. So when you look at Aaron, Josh Allen compared to Rogers, I think Allen like has a leg up on Rogers in terms of potential rushing touchdown opportunity, sure. rushing yards as well. Like if Stefan Diggs were to go down, like, you know, Josh Allen might, depend more on his legs like he actually depended less on his legs this year mm-hmm. um they used him you know on, on on the goal line a lot though he converted eight of his nine inside the five rushing attempts this year in the regular season and he converted five of seven the year prior so like efficient there and they're going to use him there um, you know, let's say let's say buffalo gets a good running back <laughs> they get their running game situated right help or hurt josh allen's fantasy value because i'm going to hurt I go with her too, because um, they were super pass heavy this year, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's part of the reason why. And that helped Josh Allen because the ball was in his hands and, you know, he was either running the ball or passing it, right? And he was efficient. So it definitely helped him. And then on top of that, they didn't have a back that they were confident in getting giving that, giving that back those goal line carries to as well. So, yeah, no, I think it does help him. I heard him. But at the same time, like, you know, a little bit of balance can make him a little bit, you know, keep him efficient. Right. And that's fine. So it's not a huge knock, but yeah. Is he going to have eight rushing touchdowns? Maybe not. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's that's a lot for a quarterback anyway. Um, Okay. So that was one, two, and three. I have Rodgers at five, by the way, behind Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm fine with that too. I mean, all these guys are really close, super close. Right. But we both like Kyler Murray as a top four quarterback. I have met three, you have met four. Um, Now, I feel as though Kyler Murray didn't hit his ceiling, right? He, no. he wasn't the great passer last year. It didn't matter, right? He averaged 55 rushing yards a game, which is amazing. He had Hopkins. Uh, hopefully Larry Fitzgerald can retire so they can add some more playmaking ability to the slot. No disrespect to Larry Legend, right? Um, but, you know, uh, Kyler Murray ran for 11 touchdowns this year. Um, that might come down a bit, right? Uh, he only threw 26 touchdowns and I feel like that number can potentially come up a little bit. Um, so I, I think he has all the room in the world to take another step forward in the past game. Um, they do need to get more creative. And we talked about this before with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but Murray has the tools to keep that floor high um, and his ceiling is yet to be hit. And I feel like another thing too, is if they get extra offensive line help, because remember, two or three seasons ago, Josh Allen had, not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen was dealing with the worst offensive line in football by far. Um, They added a few guys in the beginning of the year, but no one who really played all that big of a role. I believe Marcus Gilchrist actually had a decent role, but uh, forgive me if I'm not naming the right guy, but for the most part, that offensive line is still below average when it comes to what's expected at the league. And uh, that caused a lot of Kyler Murray scatters, I'll call them. You see Kyler Murray running like a little baby with his diaper full. Like, all the way. I love he the runs way he so, runs. Though. He does run really funny, though. <laughs> it's like little arms. Uh, I, I wish you could get it. <laughs> but, like a little but, T-Rex? Yeah, like a little T-Rex. But, yeah. you know, it, it just goes to show that, like, okay, give this guy a second year with DeAndre Hopkins. Get him another wide receiver to pair with um, DeAndre – to pair with DeAndre Hopkins – in the slot and just, you know, give an offensive line, like let give this guy more time to throw and he's going to be so much better. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think this rushing might go down. Pass efficiency can go up. I'm, I'm expecting them to address the offensive line in the first or second round this year. I'm really curious to see if they give Andy Isabella uh, another shot. Um, you know, he, he played some snaps this year in the slot and then they kind of benched him. Um, and he was even inactive scratches, like in the middle of the season, uh, which was kind of interesting. And they even played Keyshawn Johnson over him uh, at times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if Larry does retire um, and if they if they trust Isabella in the slot, because that's where he was primarily playing when he was in the game. Uh, and then Christian Kirk is just operating on that right side, uh, just like a statue. Um, you know, him and Hopkins, unfortunately, they're not moving these guys around at all. Um, I, I just wish they were more creative. I, and, and that's part of potentially unlocking what, you know, Kyler Murray can do. Because, like, if, if you're lining up Hopkins in the slot a little bit, if you're moving him to the right side, like, 
creates some mismatches. Like it just becomes easier for defenses to game plan if like there's if your star wide receiver is lining up in the same exact spot on every single snap. Exactly. It's like keep the safety on that side. You can game plan the week before and know exactly what to do because he's not going to move in that spot. And that's what they did with uh, DK Metcalf. Um, his rookie year, he was just always on that left side, just running right. straight down the field. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> exactly. else. Don't deviate from your current course. Just go straight down that field and put your arms yeah. up. And, and, okay, so and as a rookie, sure, you know what I mean. Like maybe his yeah. route tree isn't as developed, and like it'll keep. And you know he was still able to produce, which is amazing. Uh, but you know DeAndre Hopkins, man, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a he, he's not a rookie <laughs> to say to say the least. So you know maybe they could do something else there. I hope so at least. Um, and maybe it was his first, you know, year of the system. But at the same time, he's a pro, man. He's a pro. He, he can pick that up, offense up. It's not too compl- It's not too complicated for someone like him. Um, Another but okay. guy I have, yeah, I, I have in my top five is Russell Wilson. And we brought okay. up GK Metcalf, so I wanted to stay on that route. Where do you have Russell Wilson? Do you have him a little lower? Uh, yeah, I have Russell Wilson at number six. Oh, so yeah, five six. That t- that range. I think um, it, it's kind of hard to fit like all these top five type guys into like the top five, because there's like six or seven or maybe even eight or nine guys that you could like argue to be in that top five. So I have Russell Wilson at five. We mentioned um, getting new offensive coordinator in there. Uh, What was his name? I'm sure you have him like ingrained in the back of your memory by now. Oh, you're talking about the Seahawks offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, It's not Brian Schoenheimer, which is what matters. Uh, no, it's uh, Shane Waldron. He was Shane, the, Shane Waldron. And he was the passing game coordinator for the Rams uh, before he joined the Seahawks. Yeah, and I think I, I remember you seeing sharing seeing you share something about how um, Pete Carroll's willing to like listen to this guy and like you know if they need to be a more balanced offense and not be run heavy team, which I don't know why the fuck they're trying to be run heavy team, then they'll do that, which I think is only going to be great for uh, Russell Wilson you know, more creative play caller, as you mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts. So yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson at his peak, he was like the QB one in the first like five or six games. So if, I mean, other than Dak Prescott, who was nuts and we'll talk about him as well, but yeah, I mean, with a different offensive coordinator in there and you even mentioned, and I know you'll like to say this as well, uh, DK Metcalf, what he said is like teams figured us out, yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm hoping that the offense opens up and, and stays creative all, all year long and they can, you know, keep teams guessing, you know, and I think Russell Wilson was struggling with Brian Schottenheimer. He wanted to be part of the decision-making in terms of bringing in offensive coordinator. And um, I think he did that. And I think um, this is a situation where he will potentially have the, the chance to be the overall quarterback one for fantasy. Yeah. Like he has that upside. Like, can he finish on top, like over on top? Uh, can, can he finish over Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback one. Yeah, he can. He has that ability. It's just about his offense. Can Will his offense limit him? You know, I honestly, a lot of people look at Russell Wilson from a fantasy perspective and say, oh, you know what? He's too inconsistent. You know what I mean? When it really comes down to where he doesn't come through for my team, but okay, sure. But look at his ability. His ability is obvious and um, his talent is, you know, near the top of the league. Um, but the offense itself wasn't, you know, providing him what he needed. Um, so, you know, you got to look at it in a little bit more nuanced uh, perspective and let's see what he does now. Let's see what he does without Brian Schottenheimer. And then, you know, it'll either prove us right or prove us wrong. Right. Um, so, so we'll see how that goes. Um, now I had Lamar Jackson actually at number four. So I had him above Aaron Rodgers and above Russell Wilson. Um, and when you look at Lamar's season, he had, he had a, so when he opened up the season, he had, he had a good week throwing the ball against Cleveland that first week. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. 275 passing yards, three touchdowns. That's awesome, right? But then the next few games, he got into a bit of a rut, right? And those who drafted him early started to regret their decisions because, you know, they were drafting. They were drafting him in the first couple of rounds. Um, over the first five weeks, uh, he was the quarterback 15 in terms of fantasy points per game. Uh, but he ended up coming on, right? He was the quarterback 15 over the first five weeks but then from week six on he was a quarterback five so he was great right he ended up having four top two performances for the year um yeah you know what he was great but like you can tell that he didn't really hit his ceiling either like Mm -hmm. similar to Kyler Murray where 
you know, Kyle Murray, it's like a, the fact that I think it's a little bit more obvious that he can improve in the past game. I'm not sure that I, I see that fully from Lamar Jackson, although he hasn't had the weapons to kind of prove it. Exactly. You know? So, uh, and, and that can definitely improve this year, like his weapons. And I think that's a glaring need for them. Um, and uh, he ended up having four top two performances for the year. Him and Josh Allen were the only two quarterbacks to do that. So he still had that ability to win you weeks, which was obvious. Uh, and obviously that rushing floor came back in a big way too. After those rough five weeks, he was, he was averaging less than 50 yards rushing per game in those first five weeks, um, which for Lamar Jackson's standard is low. So you're literally depending on him to run the ball to get your fantasy points. From week six on, um, until he was not out of the playoffs, he averaged almost 80 rushing yards per game. And that'll do it for you, right? I can't rank him outside the top five simply because of that. Like, I'm hoping he can get a receiver he can depend on, and then that'll make Marquise Brown more efficient as the number two instead of getting that number one coverage all the time. And you know what? That's where it comes down to me. It comes down to weapons. Like, look, I have Lamar Jackson seventh, which for me means absolutely nothing because we talked about Kyler Murray hitting his ceiling. We talked about Josh Allen. talked about Aaron Rodgers. talked about Patrick Mahomes. talked about Russell Wilson. I mean, all guys who I think could easily be top five. Lamar Jackson also belongs in that category. And, um, you know, get him a wide receiver. If he gets a wide receiver, I, I'm going to have to be like, one and then two a two b two c two d because i i I, it sucks because qb7 is like the same exact thing as qb2 for me it's it's so hard (laughs) to rank these top guys um dak prescott the guy i have at six assuming he's back with the cowboys um you know, I mean, what, what was he on pace for? Like seven thousand yards? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was on pace for sixty-seven hundred yards. Nuts! And look, he's got C.D. Lamb, he's got Amari Cooper, and uh, you know, he's got Michael Gallup. He's still got all those guys. He got Zeke Elliott. That offensive line is expected to be healthier heading into twenty twenty-one. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to with Dak Prescott. Still got Kellen Moore calling the plays. So, yeah, I mean. I, I know he's coming off injury and I know that's something you want to talk about. So I'll let you. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, no, I think, you know, if I knew that Dak wasn't going to lose any mobility, which I think is a big part of his game, I would have him at number two right behind Mahomes. Um, and he, he has the ability as well to be the quarterback one, his weapons. He has it. No doubt about it. Yeah. The offensive system. He has it talent. He has it. Um, and only because I don't know what he's going to be like after this injury, And yes, you know, I heard that he's going to be back for training camp and he's going to be healthy and all that, but will his mobility take a hit? And on top of that, Jerry Jones is basically saying like, dude, you're not running anymore. Like, that's it. You're a pocket quarterback. That's literally what Jerry Jones is saying because he wants to protect his investment if he's going to sign him to a long-term deal. So, you know, I can't, like for me, like, obviously, like these guys are so close together, but I can't take guys who I think are short things this season over him, if that makes sense. Um, okay, so we have both Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson back-to-back at 8 and 9. Uh, you have Herbert at 8, I have Watson at 8, and we both have the other guy at 9. So um, let me just hit on Deshaun Watson real quick. Like, I came into this season, this past season, a little low on Deshaun Watson, and that's my fault. I'll take the L on that. Right, The Texans, you know, they before last season, they just traded DeAndre Hopkins. right, And losing him and also not having faith that Will Fuller was going to be healthy – Right. And then you have who Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. Like, I didn't yeah. think that was going to get it done for Deshaun Watson. Right. Uh, but Will Fuller stayed healthy until he got caught. Right. The league must have been wondering how he was staying healthy for the for the first time in his career. Uh, right. And he it was right after he had a 171 yard two touchdown performance. And it's like he okay. knew he was going out. You know, the investigation <laughs> doesn't start and end in one day he knew for right. a couple of weeks that he was you know i, th- I think so right um and bill o'brien he got fired after four games uh watson so within those <laughs> good for everybody <laughs> except them right uh watson was on pace for 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions before bill o'brien was fired uh and he ended the year having the best year of his career almost 5,000 yards passing 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions he was the most consistent quarterback in fantasy if you look at it mathematically. Um, and now we don't even know if he's going to play for the Texans. Now let, let's assume for whatever reason, let's assume. Worst case he... scenario, he's back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude, if he goes anywhere else, it'll be amazing for him. Right. 
Uh, he can be top five quarterback even more. He has the quarterback one overall quarterback one ceiling as well. Um, but let's see, he's back with the tech, Texans, right? Um, and you know, now he's likely going to lose Will Fuller, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't think he's going to come back to Houston. Uh, and how much can this man endure? Like first hot, then Fuller. Uh, but without Fuller this season, Watson was at least still able to be a top 10 quarterback in terms of fantasy points per game during those five games at the end of the year. And Brandon Cook stepped up big time, right? Um, I can imagine if he does stick with the Texans for whatever reason, maybe they try and make him happy by drafting a wide receiver relatively earlier. Oh, wait, they can't because <laughs> they don't have a pick until the third round this year. Such womp womp. Womp womp. Uh, but you listen – He's going to be good, right? He has a bit of a rushing floor, like a little less than 30 yards a game on the ground. This past year, his, his offensive coordinator sticking around. Uh, but should we be ranking him as a top five quarterback? I can't. Like, again, like I, I made the same mistake last year, but he lost another weapon, right? Just not with the weapons he has right now. And I know I said this last year, and I might regret it once again, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on Watson? And obviously, like, if he, he goes somewhere else, like, everyone's going to be back on the bandwagon. Um, but, but, but what are your thoughts on him? You know, it's bad when I'm like, Oh, if he could just go to the jets. <laughs> Yo, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Like if he goes to the jets, I'm in because of the system. Yeah. You know, and, system I think he... and the ability to bring other guys in yes. with all that cap space and those draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, look, if he stays in Houston, he's got Brandon cooks to work with. He's got David Johnson, who I don't even know how old he is at this point. Um, it's not a pretty situation. It's a new offense. New well, apparently they're keeping the same offensive coordinator, so I guess that's good. But he hates the team. I think he would play, right? But like he wouldn't be happy and he wouldn't be motivated. So obviously he's still gonna ball out no matter what. But I don't no JJ Watt. How do you stay there after they release JJ Watt? I know it was mutual, but like Yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. It, it's just I don't see a situation where he stays in Houston and it would benefit both sides. If he moved on, because you trade Watson, you get one, two, maybe three first rounders, get a second rounder in there as well. The Texans have a chance to rebuild their organization from the bottom up trade with the jets, get that number two overall pick, (laughs) you know, get like Jalen Waddle, the end of the first, you got a weapon, you have a quarterback. Now you have all these. So it's mutually beneficial for both sides to just move on and, go somewhere else. I, I really can't see Watson staying in Houston at this point. Yeah. And like, you know, talking about it, you know, I, and I want to put Justin Herbert like right above Watson, like you did, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the smart move because Herbert's probably going to take a step forward. He has the weapons um, and, you know, very, he looks like a very promising player going into his second year, but uh, you know, it's like Watson is Watson's talent just leaps off the page. And like, even if he has nothing, I just feel like he can get it done. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, so so you have Tom Brady uh, at no. Uh, by the way, did you want to say anything about Justin Herbert before we move on? No, I mean he broke a ton of rookie records. I'm not completely sold on the coaches and the guys they brought in in uh, LA. I'm not completely sold on those guys. So I'll have to see how that pans out. I wasn't necessarily excited about any of the additions they made, but um, you know he's still going into his second year, and he's still got Keenan Allen. Uh, we'll see if they retain Hunter Henry, but yeah, I mean, you know, not much to not like about Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, it is possible that they get rid of that they cut Mike Williams. He's mm-hmm. owed sixteen million dollars this year, or fifteen million, and it's not. It doesn't seem warranted, um, especially if they want if they want to use that money elsewhere. Um, they might not retain. They might let Hunter Henry walk as well. So he's losing two guys that behind Keenan Allen were his top weapons, especially when it came to the, especially when it came to the end zone. Um, You know, Keenan Allen was first in touchdowns, Michael Williams was second and Hunter Henry was third. So, you know, that can make a significant difference for someone like Justin Herbert. So uh, you have Tom Brady at 10 after Watson. I have Brady at 12. Uh, Brady threw 40 touchdowns this year, right? (laughs) But honestly, it didn't feel like it. Maybe it felt like it for you. Maybe you were enjoying it, but he wasn't necessarily like, when a quarterback throws for 40 touchdowns, you're like, okay, that was a stud for fantasy, right? But he didn't feel like a stud. Like, but he was very viable, especially later in the year when he started to find his groove and be more consistent. 
Um, and, and going into this year, like they won the Super Bowl. So he'll likely have Godwin back on a franchise tag. Uh, he'll probably have Gronk as well. He has Mike Evans, obviously. And maybe a better pass catcher in the backfield coming to his team in 2021, potentially. Mm-hmm. A James White, maybe. Maybe a Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. But I've been saying, I would love. It. I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna keep going back to it. But what are your what are your overall thoughts on your boy going into next season? One word: pliability. Look, this guy has shown no signs of slowing down, and even if he does, I don't think he's gonna hit a brick wall. I think Tom Brady's just gonna slowly decline if that even happens. He might just end up wanting to retire. Just why not? But look. He's still playing out of his mind. And one thing I said during the year about Tom Brady was give him some time to adjust. And that's something Tom Brady said too. He said, you know, there's no preseason. Didn't really get to have any interactions with these guys leading up to the year. Give me some time to get used to them. And the first half of the year, people were saying, oh, you know, Tom Brady's going down that hill. As people have said before, Tom Brady's going to, you know, he's declining. He's not the same Brady. But that second half of the year, he picked it up. And, um, you know, that's when he really showed up. He's starting to connect with his receivers. Antonio Brown started playing a bigger role. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin doing their thing. They got their sneaky guys like Scotty Miller coming up and making plays. So, yeah, I think give him another year in the same system. Uh, they haven't lost anyone. They haven't. He hasn't lost his offensive coordinator. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason for Tom Brady to slow down, and I think he'll actually get off to a hot start this upcoming year. So, I, okay. I, I don't see – I mean, I think he can easily finish it within the top 10. If you just forget about the age, like if you didn't know – if I told you Tom Brady was 30 years old, like if you looked at the stats from last year and I was like, Tom Brady's 30 years old, you'd be like, yeah, top 10. Do you think he has top five upside? Mm. And you know what? That's what separates him from the Watson, the Herbert, the Lamar, the Beck. You know, that's what puts him right at the edge of that to where like I don't think he does – I wouldn't be surprised because you can't put anything past Tom Brady, but I would be very, very shocked if he did well enough and he doesn't have that rushing floor, you know, Herbert, he's got some rushing abilities. Uh, Dak Prescott, I know we're talking about his immobility a little bit, but all all these guys have some sort of rushing ability that they can bring to the table. Tom Brady just never has like Phillip Rivers as at his best. I don't think has ever really been more than a top 10 quarterback. So, right. No, I hear you. And, I think I think you made the perfect distinction right there, and that's what why I asked that question, because you're able to you know make a distinction between why Tom Brady is at ten and why he's not at number six or seven, you know what I mean? Because you know all those other guys have a lot of upside kind of built into them, right? And, and whereas Brady isn't going to rise too much above that, but he's likely to be right there. Um, okay, so we have Jalen Hurts and Matthew Stafford back to back. Uh, and then, and then, you, and you have Bra- you have them below Brady at eleven and twelve. Uh, I have Hertz at eleven, Stafford at twelve, and Brady at Brady at right after that. So, this is obviously assuming Wentz gets traded and Hertz is their guy at quarterback this year. Um, it's going to be tough for Hertz to not be a quarterback one if he's the guy because of his rushing ability, right? In the three games yeah. he played the entire game, he averaged eighty yards rushing per game, and that's what Lamar was doing, right? I mean, that's not going to make uh, that's going to make you a quarterback one no matter what, honestly. And then anything on top of that is a bonus. Two passing touchdowns, 80 yards rushing. I'll take that all day, right? Now, will he be an amazing quarterback in real life? I don't know. And I don't care, you know, for fantasy purposes. Like, as long as there isn't serious competition, you know, with him. Like, if the Eagles took another quarterback early in this draft, which is very possible, right? Um, that's a situation where, like, Hurts can get benched in week five, you know what I mean? And they can, you know, and they're not going to draft the quarterback super early if they're, if they're, if they think that Hurts is the guy. Right. Yeah. So uh, if they do draft a quarterback, um, I'm not going to be putting Hurts in my top 12 or my top interesting 15, especially if it's an early one. Now, as far as Stafford, what's that? I will. You will. You will. It, it, because you assume that he's going to be the starter for in year one. I, I do, and I don't think they would trade Carson Wentz away or even consider it if they didn't. <laughs> because the whole point is, like, Carson Wentz didn't have a great year. But what offensive line did they have? I mean, four of their five offensive linemen were just out for most, if not the entire season. So, yeah, I mean, look, you're going to get a lot of these guys back, and you're going to have much better protection up front. 
Um, they still have no wide receivers. And you have to assume through free agency or the draft, they have a six pick, get Jamar Chase, get Devontae Smith. I don't care who you get, get someone. And this is a loaded wide receiver class. So it's something they can do. Even if they get rid of Zach Ertz, fine, whatever. Dallas Goddard has been much faster and much better on the field. Ertz has started to slow down a little bit. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely putting Jalen Hurts. If Carson Wentz is traded, I, I don't. I really don't believe they draft a quarterback and expect them to do any better than Jalen Hurts did. Um, sure, but if, if if so, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a possibility that they do draft a quarterback early, right? There. If it's now, not six, I'll stand by my. If they if they draft yes, Zach Wilson I'm saying, at six, uh, exactly. then I'll say okay. Yeah. That's what that's kind of what I mean. So okay. either they draft a quarterback at six or they trade up to with the Jets or something to get that second quarterback. That's kind of what I mean. Um, if it's if it's a guy later on, I, I, I only think like Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, right? If they draft one of those two guys, that's when I think that okay, Jalen Hurts, they know that they think that Jalen Hurts is not the answer. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's fairly obvious if they, if they make a move like that, which would be super interesting, right? Um, if they do that, that means they're trading away, they're trading away Wentz, right? And they probably won't get a first rounder for him, right? Um, and then they're going to have to figure out what to do with Hurts as well. So they're putting themselves in a very interesting situation um, if that's what happens. But, you know, I see a lot of mocks and a lot of people around the league thinking that the Eagles can potentially take a quarterback. Now, is that what I would do? No, I wouldn't. I would see what I have in Jalen Hurts. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they do. They're a very interesting organization right now. And Harry Roseman's doing some interesting things. Um, okay. Now, as far as Stafford goes, um, there was a glaring weakness on that Rams offense. Uh, and, and, and it was Jared Goff. Matt Stafford doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, he was a quarterback for a dysfunctional franchise with a revolving coaching door with a zero running game for his entire career. He had to do it all himself. Like the whole offense was on his shoulders for his whole career um, since he was drafted, right? And he still put up uh, gaudy numbers multiple seasons. Um, And you look at the Rams offense, Sean McVay, he schemes wide receivers open. Who is scheming wide receivers open in Detroit? Right, like every the touchdown version of scheming wide receivers, the draft a guy who's six six and just hope he's <laughs> exactly like every touchdown catch, or even like even every catch by Galladay or Marvin Jones was like a contested catch or something. Stafford had to put on the money, like on the sidelines, right? Like, how often did you see Robert Woods run wide open? A ton, yeah. right? And he's their number one. Like, how is the number one wide receiver running wide open? And it, it, it happened on. It happened a lot, right? And now Stafford is going to have a run game. He's going to have a run game now, and now he's going to be given the luxury of play-action efficiency, right? Getting Stafford makes the Rams a Super Bowl contender, in oh, my yeah. opinion. And and as far as fantasy goes, he has the upside of being a top-five fantasy quarterback. I really do. He has the weapons. He has the scheme. He has the talent. Like, he's someone that I'm aiming for later in drafts, no questions. I'm really curious what his ADP is going to look like, and I don't think it's going to be high. Yeah. Um but I'm interested to see where it, it does land. Um, and and I think like if all of the top guys that we talked about stay healthy, I think it's going to be hard for Stafford to get in that top five. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I think he can sneak in there, you know, if he picks up this this offense. Um, because like, look at Jared Goff. Like a couple of years ago, he had a pretty good season, uh, you know, and, and he's a kind of like a system guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he was able to do it because of the system. It was super obvious. Um, so, so what do you think? Do you think Stafford has upside this year? Um, do you think that like people were sleeping on him a little bit? What do you think? I have, I have a little different viewpoint of the Rams getting Matt Stafford. So is Matt Stafford capable of being that elite quarterback that they need? Yeah. I mean, I think he is, as you mentioned, like he had to do so much on his own in Detroit, but at the same time, I think Matt Stafford is more of like a sigh of relief. Like they can stick to the running game and they know if they're in a situation where they need to pass it, they can trust a guy like Matt Stafford as opposed to Goff when they knew like, okay, we have to, we have to make sure we get this running game down because Goff is not going to be able to come through it to us for us in the end. So that's kind of how I feel about Matt Stafford to where like they'll try to establish the running game early. Cause I truly think that's what they want to do. I think 
with the wide receivers they have, the offensive line, Cam Akers, I truly think they do want to stick to that run game. But Matt Stafford gives them flexibility as to if they need to pass the ball to move it down the field, they can. Or if they need to rely on Matt Stafford, they know he can get it done. So, yeah, I mean, their defense played really, really well considering what they had last year. Um, Thanks in part, you know, obviously a huge part to Aaron Donald. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think they stick to this running game. I'm not crazy, crazy about Matt Stafford. I think he definitely has that top 10 upside. But um, I, I still truly believe that Sean McVay just wants to run the ball and Matt Stafford allows them to do that. So I'm, yeah, that's kind no, of like I, where I am at that. I agree with you. And that's why he's ranked for me, like, you know, below the top 12, right? Yeah. And, you know, he's a guy who I think more likely than not, um, he's going to be somebody who keeps this offense going. Not, yeah. not to say that he's a game, man- he's going to be a game manager, but we know that Sean McVay likes to run the ball. Right, he wants a quarterback, a running back. He wants to be able to run the ball, uh, be run first, right? And he wants to play off the play action. Uh, he wants to, you know, keep defenses guessing. Um, and he doesn't necessarily want to just pass the ball 50 times a game, 45 times a game. That's not his game. He wants his quarterback to be efficient. So, yeah, is I can totally see a season where like Matt Stafford throws like. 26 touchdowns and like eight interceptions <laughs> you know what i mean which you know is not going to get it done for fantasy you know it, it, mm-hmm. it's he'll be fine he'll be like a top 15 guy but that's not what you're looking for right uh but i think the upside is there for him to throw like 35 plus touchdowns um you know in, in the system so because think, he uh, the, the, the weapons are there yeah and i think another thing for stafford is too is how how many years did he just take a beating you know in detroit how many years True. did he just get walloped year after year I think Matt Stafford is going to be more than happy to just hand the ball off to Cam Akers and not get touched, let it play out, get a ride to the playoffs, do what he has to do when he has to do it. Um, From what I know, he played through a ton last year, like a separated shoulder. Like, I mean, this guy is just It was a bunch of stuff. Nuts. So, yeah, I mean, I I think their Rams know what they're getting to. They're getting a guy who they can rely on, as I said. So I, I do truly believe this team is still going to be run run heavy, but Matt Stafford can definitely get that job done. I think he'll easily finish within the top 15, uh, top 10, definitely. Right. Uh, definitely definitely possible, yeah. Um, okay, Joe, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, they're ranked 13 to 15 <laughs> for both of us. Uh, Burrow showed a lot of promises rookie year. Uh, he has the weapons right now, and – he tore his ACL, right? He could potentially take a step forward this year. You know, his immobility might be a little bit of a question mm-hmm. in that first year back. So I'm not overly bullish on him right now. Um, maybe he gets another weapon that would help a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tannehill, He's got Joe Nixon, so. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. Uh, Tannehill, uh, he lost to Arthur Smith, right? Which I don't think is a great thing. Uh, but the offense is remaining in place, um, offensive system at least. Matt Ryan lost Dirk Cutter, which helped him in the volume department. Um, well, Dirk Cutter helped him in the volume department. He's not there anymore. He is volume gaining Arthur interceptions. <laughs> he is gaining Arthur Smith though, so that might help Ryan become more efficient. Potentially, something that Arthur Smith Smith helped Ryan Tannehill do. Yeah. Um, you know, which Ryan, Matt Ryan isn't really known for efficiency. He's more for like getting it done through volume. So we'll see if he's able to make a little bit of that switch there. I never really had all that much confidence in Arthur Smith when he was, um, when he was named the offensive coordinator or I'm the head coach of the Falcons. I was like, Arthur Smith, like, really? Like in my mind, he was just the guy who was like, okay, Matt LaFleur did this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to run it with the big guy. And you know, it might work. I know he's more than that. I know he's a creative guy. I know he schemes AJ Brown, Corey Davis open. I know he does well with that, but like, I don't know. Give him. I, I, I'm so curious to see how he does in the situation. But the Falcons need a running back. I think for, and I'm not just saying their whole point is to just run it with like a big running back. That's not how he's going to design his entire offense. But I think they do need a solid running game if they do want to have those play actions, and that seems to be a big part of his scheme. So, yeah, no, he he, he he definitely wants to be balanced at the very least. Yeah, and if he doesn't have a running back, if he's going to rock with the two guys that are there right now, like it's you not going to work out. It's not going to work out, right? Um, but yeah. Um, so, so let me ask you a question. 
Um, mm-hmm. Now we, we talked about the top 15 guys, right? And, you know, a lot of people play super flags so or two quarterback, two quarterback leagues. Are there any very late round potentials or someone outside the top 15 that you think that could become a legit quarterback too, uh, who actually can potentially become an advantage at the QB two position into two quarterback leagues? I'm going to name a couple guys. Um, one guy who I have literally at 16, which is Jameis Winston. Um, if he does end up being the starting quarterback for the Saints with LASIK, I mean, look, he, he's high upside, low floor. <laughs> I just realized I, I just got that right now with LASIK. If you guys don't know what Joe's talking about, is it because he has late, he got LASIK eye surgery, I think, before the after the 2020 30 touchdowns <laughs> directly 30 after touchdowns. that offseason. Yep, <laughs> so yeah, look, high upside, low floor type guy. Um, I, I feel like at the very least in Sean Payton's offense, if he remains the starting quarterback for the entirety of the year, he could easily be a top 15 guy. I have worries about Taysom Hill and what kind of a role he's going to have, but they seem to really like James Winston. And I want to see them get him uh, some better weapons. It's just going to be hard with no cap space, but uh, all he's got really to work with is Michael Thomas in terms of receivers. He's got Alvin Kamara in the back, which is huge, but doesn't really have, a uh, big name tight end doesn't really have too many other wide receivers outside of Thomas. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, another guy. Let me ask you a question. People... <laughs> let me ask you a quick question before you, you move on to the next guy. If t- let, let's say, uh, I, I know Jameis Winston is probably going to be, you know, signed to New Orleans, but let's say he's not. Let's say Taysom Hill is the guy going into 2021. Is he a top 15 guy for you? Top 12 guy? Yeah, I mean, rushing floor. And like I said, in a Sean Payton offense, how bad could he really do, right? I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he proved that when he went onto the field, he did fine. He was running the ball. He was passing the ball well. So as long as he doesn't have like, um, like it's not a Tua, Ryan Fitzpatrick situation where he's got someone breathing down, down his neck and a coach who's willing to make that change just like that, then, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem. I think whoever ends up being the quarterback here, James Winston or Taysom Hill, definitely has that top 15 upside and they're going to be a guy I'm targeting um, late in that draft. I talked about Tua Tagovailoa and that's the other guy I want to mention. So I'm a big Tua supporter. There's a lot of people who aren't and I'm kind of puzzled by it. Like I understand this guy wasn't extremely flashy in his rookie year, but he won a lot of games and he scored 13 total touchdowns and only turned the ball over five times. So like he has no offensive line. He's coming off a serious injury from college with no off season. And I know you can say the same for Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, whatever. He barely has any weapons. Devontae Parker was hurt a lot. And he's still, I don't think that much of an established wide receiver. Mike Gizeki, who I love, you know, that's all he's really got. He had like three wide receivers opt out before the season started. Preston Williams got hurt early on. So this guy didn't really have much to work with. And on top of that, his confidence being shattered week after week after being pulled for Ryan Fitzpatrick after like five minutes of the game. So enter 2021. Dolphins have a ton of draft picks. Get him with Devontae Smith. Get him with Jalen Waddle. Improve that offensive line. No more Ryan Fitzpatrick breathing down his neck. Give him another year of being healthy and getting familiar with the team and being in the NFL. I think Tua is someone who's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he could still have a great career. I know a lot of people are already, because we've been so trained that quarterbacks must look like all-stars in their first year, but like give the guy a chance, you know, Tua can be a steal next year. Everybody has some sort of recency bias, even though he really didn't do all that bad. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. And if Tua is the guy, I think Mike Kosicki is somebody that people should be targeting uh, late in drafts. Um, he had 43 targets to Parker's team leading 44 targets. Like while I'm talking about guys who Tua was targeting, okay, mm-hmm. uh, specifically. Uh, he threw three touchdowns to Gusecki, two to Parker in that span. Uh, he led the team in receiving yards with Tua. He had 333, Parker had 310. And Gusecki was fifth in the league in air yards during two of his games. Yep. So he was looking for him. You know what I mean? Um, and, and overall, Gasicki was third in the league in air yards per game coming into, you know, uh, after this whole, whole season. Um, he's got a contested catching. Um, and he was tied 
first in tight ends and end zone targets. So like Gesicki is somebody who obviously both of us were high on him coming into this year. Uh, but going into next year, it looks like two have found a guy that he he likes targeting. So just keep that in mind, uh, you know, going into next season. Obviously, we're not talking tight ends, but, you know, if Tua, you know, he's going to be the guy. So, you know, just just look out for him um, going into next season. Uh, what about you? I wanna, Who are some guys you got? I want I want to mention Kirk Cousins. Um, okay. Uh, so going into going into last season, like I wasn't like big on Kirk Cousins or anything like that. I didn't even think Justin Jefferson was going to pop off the way he yeah, did. To be honest did. with you, <laughs> that um, much. Uh, some people did, man. I I I I some people were like kind of bringing this content back from last year and show. And I saw it. I was like, okay, this is interesting, you know. But um, I think Kirk Cousins is someone who might fly under the radar a little bit, even even this season. Um, Obviously, he has a new number one in Justin Jefferson. Uh, Adam Thielen isn't too far off if he can stay healthy, but he's getting to an age where he could potentially fall off a cliff. Um, but he's still there, right? Um, Irv Smith, still there. He has Dalvin, Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Um, and and did you notice that Kirk, <laughs> Kirk in a couple of games like later on in the season, he started to run the ball a little bit. Like he got a little confidence. He thought he was Lamar Jackson. Uh, he rushed for a total of 97 yards over the first 10 games. And he ran for 97 yards over the next four games after that, uh, which was interesting. And I wonder if that's going to be a thing. Probably not. But I wanted to mention it. Um, it's kind of crazy that Kirk Cousins actually finished as a quarterback one last year. He yeah. was a quarterback. He was a quarterback 11 on the year. Um, and he'll probably be drafted as like the quarterback 17 or 18 or something. I, I still have him QB 17. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have him ranked as the quarterback 16, right? Um, you know, so like, you know, it, it's – he can potentially, you know, uh, be somebody who is viable, maybe as a streamer. Um, and if he puts a couple of games together, he might be rostered, you know. Um, yeah. But he's just somebody to look out for, you know, as a quarterback too um, in a super flex, maybe, you know, in a format where you don't, like you said, have to start that quarterback in that second, um, you know, uh, in that super flex spot. Um, but yeah, was there anybody, uh, anybody else you wanted to mention? I think that's pretty much what we had today. Um, looking through some of the guys, the only one I can really think of is Cam Newton. If a lot of, you know, a lot of ifs here, if he stays in New England, if they get some type of weapons, you know, a healthy Cam, so to speak, I mean, he, he's still got that rushing floor. So he's the only guy who I could really think of. Like if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel at like late guys, I mean, Cam Newton. Well, what about the these, what about these rookies? Like, do you, do you think these rookies oh, can if, potentially if do something in rookies, your ones? Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we already know is going to be a Jaguar. Right. So, um, you know, it, it has a lot to do with landing spots. Well, okay. You know what? Let's just talk Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Nice. So if you, if let's say, obviously Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jaguars, we know what system he's going to run, right? He's going to be running, you know, the Urban Meyer system, you know, three wide receivers, you know, he might have some gadget guys here and there. Do you think that he could be potentially cracked the, you know, top 12, maybe uh, he has the potential, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, there's so many ifs. I want to see the Jaguars make improvements with the cap space they have. I want to see them get him more wide receivers. I want to see him get a decent tight end. I want to see them improve this offensive line defense, you know, whatever. It's not really going to affect him all that much, but like, yeah, you know, there's no way I'm ranking him as like a top 15 quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but like, does he? it make sense? Does it make sense to draft him later? Like, you know, with yeah. one of your last picks, something like that, 100%. you know what I mean? Just for the upside, you saw what Justin Herbert did. And, yeah, and I mean, when, it, when, you, when you consider like the fact that this guy is like one of the best prospects of all time, I you know, it's, it's probably worth it. The second he gets drafted, he's going to be auto top 10, like for a lot of people. And it's not going to make any sense. But when we go on sleeper, when we go on ESPN, he's going to be inside that top 10 quarterbacks. And it's going to be really frustrating for the people that wanted to get him late. True. Um, even True. so, he'll probably still end up being a ninth, 10th, 11th rounder somehow. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely worth a look. He's someone who I've been following since like high school. So I, I remember seeing like reports about him playing in high school, being the best in the nation and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, there's a ton of intrigue with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. It's just, again, like, what is he going to be working with? This is uh, Urban Meyer's first time 
with coaching the NFL. But you know what? We had that situation a couple of years ago with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury's yeah. first NFL gig, and he did fine. So um, Urban Meyer is an older guy, and he's pretty smart. You know, they paid him a lot of money and brought him in for a reason. So, yeah, and I, and I believe uh, there was a quote from Meyer saying, like, if they didn't have the number one pick, like, he, I don't even know if he'd consider, like, coming back. You know, right. having the opportunity to work with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. So, and, and I'm sure they're already discussing things with him and, uh, you know, getting acting as if he's already a Jaguar. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But right. yeah, exactly. I mean, he's someone I'll consider. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. So that's pretty much it. Like we went through our top 15 and a couple of bonus guys right at the end. Um, so over the next few weeks, we're going to go over the other positions, uh, running Is back, it? wide receiver, tight end. And we'll, we'll be going over that for the next few few weeks. And we have a bunch of content lined up for you guys, um, you know, throughout the offseason. So that, that includes uh, all the prospects, right? We're going to go over all the prospects at every position, um, you know, in, in you know, d- probably during the month of April, you know, late March. Um, and then we have a bunch of, you know, obviously we're going to cover free agency and we're going to do a bunch of mock drafts. Uh, there's just a ton to cover and we'll be here for it. So, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks if you made it through all the way. Uh, if you can give the podcast a rating, we would highly appreciate that. Uh, that would yes, be sir. amazing. I'm Upperhand Fantasy on Instagram, and Joe is fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. So make sure you follow us. And if you have any questions, concerns, uh, any comments, hit us up in the DMs. This is probably the best time to DM us this time of year, to be honest. So. Yep. <laughs> all right that's all i wanted to say thank you guys uh have a good week have a good weekend see you guys later